Now, Rock Talk with Mitch Lafon. Been here so we get all this because uh, I know you start right at the beginning, so I don't want to miss anything. But uh, we're yeah, doing... you don't want to miss nothing. The salutations <laughs> are always the most energetic and spontaneous, instinctive and primal. So let her rip. You want spontaneous, instinctive and primal? You're on the phone. You're on the intergalactic, global yeah. technology with the with the Gonzo master of all things instinctual, primal, spontaneous uh-huh. uh, ejaculation of truth, logic, and common sense. I made the mistake once of doing an intro with you, and you went, uh, but I, we did 10 minutes of hellos, and you went, but I've already started. And I was like, God damn it. Do it, <laughs> So how are we? Are we doing good? Do we good. have a primal scream erupting within? We do. And, and, and I'm loving the new music. And, of course, uh, Detroit Muscle, what a perfect name, by the way, comes out uh, later in uh, 2022. And uh, as we say here in Montreal, bonjour, Mr. Ted Nugent. How are you? Bonjour. Oui, oui, monsieur. How be we? Are we uh, living the Canadian dream with all piss and vinegar and mucho gusto? Yes. yes. By the way, Mitch, you just said... And, and runaway inflation. Title, Ted, Ted Nugent, <laughs> Motor City Muscle. But let's, let's be honest. Will anybody someday, other than you, finally admit that the titles of my albums and my songs are so damn cool. Intensities in 10 cities, yes. double live gonzo, crave man. Are you kidding me? What, what, a, what an ejaculation of, of clever phraseology from the old guitar guy, you know? That's right. And, and as, as we've mentioned before, I was at the recording for, or at least in the Montreal version, for Intensities in Ten Cities. So. Intense, boy. What? Boy, but, what a... you know, you talk about the new record. How You guys have got to do interviews with Jason Hartless and Greg Smith and Michael Lutz because these people are some of the last of the real musical gods that live and breathe and I'm down for it. the the unleashing of the 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 founding father's rhythm and defiance and the groove and the tightness of a James Brown and the Motown Funk Brothers we live this stuff and I think this album captured all that plus a whole new frontline wave of clever musicality I mean from mm-hmm. From uh, uh, Leave the Lights On to Driving Blind. I mean, the jazz, the grunt, the grind, the the rhythm and blues that are on this record. Jason and Greg are every guitar player's dream. dream. My favorite, by the way, is Just Leave Me Alone, because that's how Great I feel. Song. Great <laughs> song. Yes, it's a middle finger celebration. Let me, let me just ask you this. Before we get started with the whole record thing, every time I mention that I'm going to interview Ted Nugent, I get a lot of hate mail and how dare you and don't give him a platform and he doesn't belong it. And, and I, I just want to say this, you know, politically, you and I may or may not agree. I, I, I don't get into politics, but why am I not allowed to interview a rock star since interviewing rock stars is what I do? Why, why do you think people are so determined to tell me how to run my business? Well, again, we've talked about it before, and it's why I am hated, because there was an intense push to dumb down our fellow man, to create Mm -hmm. a cesspool of denial and ignorance. And the people that hate me are just, you know, I imagine there's a there's a, a, a spark of decency and positive spirit within some of the haters, but they're so stupid. 
I mean, they're just, have them explain why they hate me, because I believe in self-defense, because I pursue the marksmanship samurai oneness with bows and arrows and firearms, because I dedicate myself to celebrate the black musicology that is the foundation of all the greatest music in the world, while I celebrate by name all the black heroes of music that created the greatest spirit for a soundtrack, while I'm celebrating my black heroes, I'm a racist. <laughs> yeah. it's, but, I, I do. I was invited to the U.S. Marine Corps' 246 birthday party by the families of dead heroes, a family who are, is saying goodbye to a six-year-old child with terminal cancer, calls Ted Nugent because the six-year-old dying boy wanted to have his last wish in life to go hunting with Ted Nugent. Would this be why they hate me? Because yeah. I, I just reek of love and generosity and positive energy, goodwill, decency. So the people that hate me, I'm afraid there's always been rotten, soulless, nasty people. And everybody who expresses hate for Ted Nugent are rotten, soulless, hateful people. And all I do is pray for them because, I, again, I know there's a spark of decency in all human beings, but sometimes it's overwhelmed with hate and nastiness. For example, uh, Mitch, if, if this dog loves me so oh. much to retrieve ducks for me this morning, how could I be anything but a wonderful human oh, being? Hold on. Look at this. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to surprise you with this one. Here you go. Right in my lap. There he is. There he is. Oh, see, I love dogs. <laughs> hey, uh, my uh, my co-host has joined in. Can can we let him in? Sure, go nuts, man. All right, here, hold on. Let, let me just bring in uh, Jeremy for a second. You met Jeremy last time, but Jeremy, how you doing, boy? Happy hunting season, Jeremy, <laughs> up in the wilds of Moose Country. I, I just want to get back <laughs> to the, to the old school time, and and then I want to talk nothing but music. But I remember in the seventies and eighties, if I didn't agree with who you voted for or whatever. We could still be friends. We could still go out for a coffee and talk about it. We could still be on the same softball team. Now, you have to pick sides. I don't want to fucking pick sides. Well, I just want to talk about the music. I'm, I'm and hi, Jeremy. <laughs> hey, what's you know, up? I'm Let's go, Brandon. <laughs> I'm here to help. Let me, let, me, yeah. let me help you through this. Yeah. You're referencing a lunatic fringe of negative people. Here's right. a beautiful thing that I have mastered. I not only do I not ignore them, they never enter my life. I know there's mm. nasty, hateful dirtbags out there, and it just has no influence on me. I'm surrounded by such unbelievable, loving, giving, generous people in the arena who put their heart and soul into being the best that they can be. That describes you and Jeremy, or you wouldn't yeah. do this. And again, yeah. I, I don't yeah. care. I've never judged on anything except content of character. Punctuality is equally important, but content of character <laughs> and spirit. If now, you put your heart and soul into being the best that you can be, I don't care color, creed, gender, confusion, religion. I don't care ethnicity. Nobody I know gives a rat's ass right. about anything except positive spirit, goodwill, and decency. Absolutely. So ignore the negativity because I got to tell you, 
it is not a force to reckon with. It is no. virtually inconsequential. And uh, just to uh, yeah. just to speak to the point of uh, punctuality, uh, Jeremy was waiting for the oncologist to call his grandmother, and that's a true story. I'm not making that up. Yeah. That's so, where goodwill and decency comes in, Jeremy. I love you. In fact, right. I toast you. I toast you with my average breakfast. I'm having a banana because <laughs> I am a chimp. <laughs> is that the is that average breakfast? You just have a banana? Yeah, but now I just had some backstrap, some uh, Texas whitetail backstrap singed in olive oil with a little garlic and butter. Mm -hmm. But I always have bananas and oranges, and I have a, a good slug of uh, coffee with wow. some real heavy cream and some cocoa butter. So, yeah, mm -hmm. I just got in a duck hunt. So I am literally intoxicated on beautiful poetic ballerina dog work retrieving my ducks i'm so happy right now i might squirt through this apparatus <laughs> and stain you guys hey jeremy out on the on on the reservation the in katanawagi where do they yeah. have a hunting season are you yeah, allowed honestly, to hunt on the reservation well it's year round and and also a lot a lot of the the hunters they'll go up north into the bush like about like yeah. an hour up north and uh we call it Jordodo it's like a, it's a, kind of like a it's like a Gunawage light like up there it's kind of like a they couldn't give us all of our land back so they gave us a small little parcel outside <laughs> of a outside of a small little french town up north and it's all bush and all wooded areas so a lot of guys go up there to do all the hunting well, and stuff we're too. we're taking Ted hunting that's what we're going to do Oh, yeah. love, you know, it is a very special time of year. My family and my friends, we have a, I, how about the song American Campfire on the record? That yeah. yeah, let's get back to Detroit Muscle. That's what we're here for. Great, great record. Jason Hartless, Greg Smith, Michael Lutz, Tim and Andy Paddlin, my team, Linda and Doug, everybody around me. My God, talk, is, is it absolutely grunting primal organic real natural rhythm and blues and rock and roll or what it, it's it's well it's muscle it's a muscle record uh, so yeah so talk to me about these songs and and where they came from because you listen to uh come and take it obviously written in the last year because it it, it talks about what's going on and and you know your rights and stuff are most of these songs brand new in the sense that they were just written in the last year or so or are these been sitting around for five, six years, 10 years, and you say, hey, you know what? It's about time we record them. Where did these 11 songs, well, obviously the Star Spangled Banner is, is from. I just wrote that one. Yeah, that's brand new. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Never heard that one. Never heard that one. Uh, yeah, it'll be well, big me, in all the stadiums. That that's a good inquiry because um, I am consumed by the creative process, but with me, it's really not a process. Right. Um, a guy, people always ask me, so how do you go about writing a song? And, and let me clarify, I've never written a song. I've never sat down with pen and paper. I always have a guitar handy. You can see the mighty bird land behind me. Yeah. I play my guitar every day. And I don't write songs. I don't compose songs. I ejaculate them. I play my guitar and these grinding soulful inspired Motown funk brothers, James Brown, Wilson Pickett, Chuck Berry, but we've talked about this before, all these black heroes that I still listen to to this day, mm -hmm. they go through my system and my hands find their home on the guitar. And for example, 
to answer your question specifically, the song Alaska has been around for over 20 years. That's a song that I spontaneously wrote on an Alaskan safari many, many years ago, just at a camp. I had an acoustic guitar and that, that lick came about. And I don't know what this Oh, we're getting the guitar again? This is my favorite part of every TED interview. Well, you know, when you got to... That... I just started playing that when silence was in the air, perfection was everywhere. Balance worked like it was meant to be. The land was free. I didn't write that. I didn't have a pad of paper. I didn't have a pencil. The words happened because I was in the the cleavage of God's creation, which I spent most of my time. And then how about American Campfire that? I just went. Everybody loves the American Campfire. Don't you hear it calling your name? I didn't write a thing. Wow, I they all just came to you like that. I just unleashed these licks. All my licks are- Wait a second, how does the Star Spangled Banner one go? I'm, I'm curious. Well, the Star Spangled Banner, I got invited to all these uh, military hero events. And I mean, how can you not be inspired when you're surrounded by not just the heroes and their families, but most poignantly and most emotionally inspiringly, flag draped coffins. Because freedom is not free. And those that gave the ultimate sacrifice make you play those lyrics. Again, I, Sounds like I, freedom to me. I'm a musical monster. I, I, I duck hunted this morning. Happy Sadie and Coco just performed duck hunting retriever miracles, and I'm shooting real good. I'm, I got a samurai thing with my shotgun and my bow and arrow, and you're so cleansed when you're in functioning with God's miraculous creation for Thanksgiving every day of my life. That when I get back into the man cave cuckoo's nest, I grab the guitar and shit explodes. Flames come out of my ass because I am so pure. I have no baggage. I have no inhibitions. I have, you know, like the samurai guy when Tom Hanks in The Last Samurai was trying to become a samurai, the samurai master went, too many minds. In other words, the best shit in life happens spontaneously when your instincts cause an occurrence. And that's the best way to describe my songs. And I know some of my songs, Wango Tango, and some of the songs are fun and cute and and silly and crazy, but they're performed as if it's a lifeblood soundtrack. And that's what Jason and Greg do. And that's what Michael Lutz, the Smoking in the Boys Room, Brownsville Station music nut, and and Tim and Andy Paddle, and these guys live music. They, They still listen to James Brown live at the Apollo. So all that channels into our unleashing of these songs in the studio. So the only song that isn't brand new is the song Alaska. And a right. buddy of mine in Alaska says, yeah. hey, Ted, are you ever going to record that Alaska song? And I went, you know what? 
Yeah. Maybe I should. It's time. Yeah. So it's, it's time. So yeah, I'm so proud of the diversity within the record, but mostly the 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 pounding, the 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 authority that Jason and Greg bring to it, and that that Michael Lutz makes sure that we focus on. Do you know that all ten songs were recorded in two days? Which wow. is the way it should be. Uh, uh, you know, listen, I love Mutt Lang, but his approach of taking forever and doing, you know, 87 takes of a hi-hat. Never hair. happened. Never oh. happened in my life. Mm-hmm. No. You're, uh, well, one thing I want to know is that, you know, talking about the guitar and all these songs uh, and the importance of the Birdland, just talk about that for a second, because would these songs be the same without that guitar? No, are you kidding me? These guitar, you, I don't know. How does it sound over this technology? Does it sound sounds like good. Well, there's a little bit of high gain going on, but it sounds good otherwise. I, I can I can fix that. I, I like high end, but. That happened one morning, and I just started, strap your ass in. I got a fire-breathing Mopar. Downtown Detroit is like a rock and roll dream. Kick out the jams if you really want to go far. Motor City Soul going to make you scream. Hey! I mean, nobody goes. I'm the only guy who plays shit like that. So it's all spontaneous. It's like the best things in life should happen yeah. the music planning. made you do it right yeah. I mean, the music i think i think sex if you plan sex it's not as good if sex compared yes. to when sex happens yeah i agree is is that how you approach the song rate uh, making process because you put up shut up and jam and the music made me do it, and you're still very active you're still making new music is it is that sort of the schedule when it comes to your head and it comes to your fingers it's just like, all right, we're going to hit record. Or do you have a, well, you know, we put one out in 2018. It's been three years. and Is it just sort of magical or well, planned? It, it, it is magical. Um, I'm a spiritual guy. I, I, I combine maximum physics with maximum spirituality. And again, it's that aboriginal hunting lifestyle that keeps me tuned in to the foundational pulses of creation and life that I cherish so deeply, which again, why I've been clean and sober all my life, because mm-hmm. that's the best way to cherish another gift of another day. So I'm so busy and active. I mean, I'm a grandfather, I'm a father, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a cop, um, I'm a farmer, I'm a rancher. I never turn down charity invites or, or opportunities. Um, I, 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 I train with the Navy SEALs and the Delta Force on the, on the handgun range. Uh, uh, it, archery is such a samurai definitive focus of oneness with one's inner spirit while demanding physical uh, uh, muscle memory uh, confluence with the spirit. So I'm always unleashing new licks. I got so many songs right now. I could go in the studio tonight and make a whole nother record. But because 
I think we agreed out last time that the greatest philosopher that ever lived was Dirty Harry when he said a good man knows his limitations. Also, well, do you punk? I don't know which is my favorite quote. But anyhow, I do know my own limitations, but I can't wait to get in my tree stand tonight with my bow and arrow and my wife, Shemaine. I can't wait to go to the other duck pond tomorrow morning with my dogs. I will play my guitar today. I'm doing a couple of more interviews. I've also got to fix one of my trucks. So I'm really, I'm a hands-on I, I'm a I'm a Motor City madman, Gonzo yeah. liver. I'm a I'm so alive that yes, I could record an album every year if I wanted to, wow. but the best music will happen if you're alive, if you're yeah. if you pursue omniscience, a higher level of awareness, which is what bow hunting is. If you if you don't have a higher level of predator awareness you're going to end up buying chicken you got to be tuned into your life and your pulse in the world to get up to get close to an animal and kill it with a sharp stick while you're balancing the herd and balancing the environment and feeding your family and your neighbors and all the soup kitchens i donate to the greatest most nutritious organic protein on, on planet earth so these are consuming endeavors so the music will happen when i go greg Jason, Doug, <laughs> Michael, we got to go to the studio. I can't hold it back any longer. Hey, I'm about to explode. I, I gotta Get the tape. You guys are going to love it. It's called Skinny Bitches, and oh. it's really a beautiful love song. So there's so, there's so many more music, more music coming out of me. But again, I got so many other things that absolutely drive me wild that if I continue to pursue the things that drive me wild, the music will remain pure and wild. And so I think that's why I appreciate my songs. I think that's why you appreciate the songs. Yep. Jason and Greg can't wait to record them. And there's a real positive energy surrounding my musical unleashing, my musical um, ejaculation, shall we? I keep, yeah, what a great term. What a great term. Oh, I, <laughs> By the way, let me, uh, let me quickly uh, ask you about one of your greatest rock moments in, in your career that had to do, of course, with a Canadian band. Uh, you, you, were, you had a cameo in Nickelback's Rockstar video. How cool was that? I mean, come on. There's another band that gets a lot of hate just for being damn fucking good. They're damn fucking good. What a great band. And and Triumph. Where's Triumph in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? What a what a they're in the top 1% of musical forces in the history of the world. Yeah. And nobody gives them credit. So, you know, again, that's a it's a scheduling thing. I only have 24 hours each day. Damn it. Um and I got to get at least 7 or 8 hours of sleep or I'll I'll play country music, and that's horrible. Just think of the curse. You know, I don't play country music because I still have a dick. Anyhow, <laughs> what um, are you listening to these days? I mean, you, you came up in the in the era of Pat Travers and you know Eric Clapton and Aerosmith and Kiss. And were you ever into any? I mean, do you sit around and listen to Journey? I don't. I love Journey. Neil Sean's amazing. Hundreds of concerts with Journey and, and Kansas and Cheap Trick and Aerosmith and 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 and, uh, and Kiss. You did the Kiss Skid Row tour in I've when was that? Two since I think seventy four or seventy four. Yeah. My point is, I love all that stuff. But hear me. You can tell that I'm an extremely energized, life liver guy. I right. I, I, I carpe diem. I, I have life in a stranglehold, shall we say. So 
as much as I cherished and, and wallowed in the spirit of watching uh, a foreigner and, and, and ZZ and, 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 and Van Halen and, and ZZ. And I love all these outrageous black influence rhythm and blues rockers. That's, they, that, mm-hmm. that describes all of these guys. Yep. Yet I am so into the music, the music, the music, the music, music. My real talent in life it's a gift, is that I completely escape it. Now, so many of our friends are not here anymore. And let me mm-hmm. tell you, I, I talked to my son about this last night because he was watching a documentary on my great friend, Anthony Bourdain. He, it, bottom line, this is an, 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 an ex, expend, expanded answer to your question, which is all my answers. <laughs> As humans, we're not geared, we're not set up to handle celebrity. It's why Elvis couldn't handle it. It's why Jimmy couldn't handle it. It's why Janice and Jim and John Belushi, it's why none of these guys could handle it, because it's so stupid. Yeah. If If you start thinking celebrity, you're done. Well, I know I'm a killer guitar player, and my songs are just soundtracks. I mean, go to my Facebook, and, you know, I could become really egotistical because people relish the songs. They're soundtracks for their most important moments in life. What a great connection to have with my fellow man. I know that's a power. But then I go in the duck blind, and there is no music. There's no celebrity. There's no Hollywood. There's no spotlights. There's no nut. There's no such thing as adulation. I got to hit the fucking ducks or my dogs will be angry. So I am the master of escaping the bullshit of celebrity and stardom. Now, I call it bullshit because in its, in its value, it's bullshit. That I'm invited to this young boy, I've been, I've been, to be invited into these families' lives where their children are asking to go hunting with Ted Nugent before they die. Well, that's part of celebrity. Yeah. That should be cherished. And I get on, I'll, I'll, I'll cry for you right now, but I won't cry for you right now. Think of that honor. Yeah. That my music and my big mouth, speaking about truth, logic, common sense, constitution, freedom, life, liberty, pursuit of happiness, clean and sober. That's why those little boys and girls asked to go hunt before I die. That's a piece of celebrity. So I'm the master of escaping it and compartmentalizing it so that if good can be used, they flew me down in a big old jet. I put my dogs and my machine guns in a jet, didn't go by TSA and flew to Texas. If I'm invited to salute flag drape coffins of heroes that died for my American dream and your Canadian dream, that's also a gift of celebrity. So I will use that for good but if I think I'm going to need it as a crutch, I mean, I told John Belushi was going to die. I told Jimi Hendrix he was going to die. I told Keith Mooney was going to die. I said, you got to be kidding me. And you know why they died? Because they were so desperate 
to escape their art slash celebrity that they thought drugs and alcohol was the best way because they comfortably numb, they could avoid it, but they didn't avoid it. It killed them. Keith Richards, notwithstanding. Um, um, So, so I've always had my priorities and it's also go right back to the beginning, Mitch. It's why some of those people hate me. I promote killing animals to feed my family, which happens to be perfect. That's perfect. Seems like the circle of life to me. It's so perfect, it's insane, which proves that my haters are absolutely out of their minds to attack. Well, he carries a gun. Self-defense is perfect. Kyle Rittenhouse performed perfect. When I I train with my guns, aim small, miss small, sight acquisition, samurai, breathing, um, trigger control, this is a great discipline and it might save my life someday. How can you criticize this? You gotta be, you gotta have shit for brains to criticize perfection. So you've noticed that I'm not short on confidence because I've, I've genuflected at the altar of the evidence to support truth, logic, and common sense. So my music has a life of its own, but the reason it's so youthful and uninhibited is because I, I, every time I grab my guitar, I'm like a horny 12-year-old with my first amplifier. It's I'm so pure coming in from sitting in a tree to kill a deer with a bow or taking a little boy yeah. fishing before he dies. You are you're yeah. so cleansed that that's why those people hate me. They're idiots. Yeah. And I mean, you wouldn't we, be able to do all that stuff, you know, had you been all fucked up and everything. I mean, right. you know. Oh, I couldn't keep, I have an energy level. I have flames coming out of my ass. I hope you brought some marshmallows. I, I, people hate me because I'm so alive. I'm so happy. I guess that's why they hate and me. You, and you see, by the way, this, this is where, where I think we can go back to the old way of having a, a conversation when we don't agree. I have and no I knew Tom Morello. Tom Morello's a dear friend of mine. Yeah. Uh, Wayne Kramer of the MC5. These guys are crazy. Oh, Wayne Kramer's liberal. amazing. But listen, I, I have no problem with hunting for food. I'm just not a fan of, of trophy hunting. That's where I well, go. Believe me, those ducks are trophies. Trophy hunting is so misunderstood. A trophy hunter waits for the oldest male of the species that is going to die soon anyway because it's the ultimate challenge. They never cut the head off and throw away the sacred flesh. The meat, we, we wrote the laws so that meat has to be utilized. Mm-hmm. But they're so patient, they're waiting for a big old stag, which has such metaphysical history with mankind because it was the hunter that was able to defeat the the uh, defense mechanisms of the old stags that's why that's why hieroglyphics feature the old stags because that's the smartest animal a trophy hunter is a pure natural hunter he just cherishes the older versions i shoot the young ones he likes the old ones let me ask you just real quick about the about the bird land um, we obviously don't see Ted Nugent playing Jacksons and Epiphones and all these other ones. Um, have you ever considered switching? Have you ever considered playing other instruments on your on your albums? Or is the Birdland just so perfectly Ted that you cannot imagine recording without it? All of the above. Uh, throughout the Damn Yankees, I exclusively played the Paul Reed Smith, for example. Yeah, yeah, he was a PRS guy. Dangerous. I featured the then prototype Paul Reed Smith guitar on uh, Detroit Muscle, along with a lot of my different 
recordings, uh, uh, certainly uh, Crave Man and mm -hmm. uh, uh, Love Grenade. And the music made me do it. Shut up and jam. You will hear my Les Pauls. I played Les Pauls. Listen to the song uh, Driving Blind. The basic track is with a Birdland. Because right. of its depth, it has a grunt. When I play it, when I play a Birdland, I always, I muff the strings. The most, most obvious in a stranglehold where I muff it with the meat of my hand. <laughs> Come on, yeah. how do you not want to have sex just with a brief moment of that stuff? But you also but have anyhow, to do that with the Birdland because you'll it'll if you're playing at high gain because of the hollowness, it'll just feed back like a motherfucker. So you Yeah, you know. like Yeah. Ah! But I howls at you. By the way, Jeremy, I've played this for you before, but ergonomically, my I I I my muscle memory found this where my hand is right often on the bridge. Yeah. And that's where I get the the whole Some of those notes are blaring and some of them are chicka chicka. Yep. He... Um because and, and it's it's only from playing nonstop every day for the last is it sixty five years now I've had the Birdland since nineteen sixty five wow. but I started playing like that because of Bo Diddley. And of course I throw in these wow. weird chords because it's so beautiful. But anyhow, I have played. The, the Les Pauls a lot, the PRSs. Now, I played Jacksons. I played Epiphones. My first guitar was an Epiphone. Were you I, ever a Strat guy? I, I, I had a Strat, but because of where my hand finds home on the Birdland, yeah. this finger, I anchor my, I'm, I'm anchored to the instrument. I literally am mm. one with the Birdland. And when this pinky anchors on the Birdland, it connects with the volume knob of a Strat. And the last thing I want to do is turn yeah. down when I don't want to turn down. So I, 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 the only time you'll hear me on a Strat is I think it was the, uh, was it Cat Scratch Fever, uh, Working Hard, Playing Hard? There's mm. a, the, the actual opening of Working Hard, Playing Hard is... <laughs> Hole. That's yeah, on a yeah, strat. Yeah. That was it's a got, 19. It's got the surf sound to it. Yeah, that's a 19. I can actually make my Birdland sound like a strat by playing close to the bridge and having the volume yeah. backed off. Thins so, yeah, I'm an adventurous guy, but you know, my favorite handgun is on my belt. Mm -hmm. My favorite bow will be in my hand this afternoon. My favorite woman is my wife. Um, I, you find. The calling. Mm -hmm. when, you, when you find the calling, my friends are the best people in the world. They're honest. They're funny. They're cocky. They're defiant. They're workaholics. 
So you, you, you tend to plunge into the things in life and the people in life that reek of positivity. So yeah. I still play my Paul Reed Smiths. I, I, like I said, on the uh, Detroit Muscle and, and, and so many albums, when you hear that, yeah, 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 and some of the previous albums, there wasn't any, yeah, 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 on the, <laughs> on the Detroit Muscle album. But that was the Paul Reed Smith because it has one of those whammy bars, and I like to play games with whammy bars once in a while. Yeah. But, but yeah, I, I'm always looking for new sounds. Like right now in my man cave cuckoo's nest, I got amplifiers and guitars. I got birdlands. I'm surrounded by birdlands and Les uh-huh. Pauls. And that's where the licks the licks are inherent to the the comfort and the discomfort. It's important to note both. If you're too comfortable, um, then it becomes predictable, I think. Yeah. But if you if you push tones and sounds and where I stand next to the speakers, like you just said, Jeremy, that fucking birdland, it'll feed back your face. Yeah. <laughs> it comes unleashed. Yeah. But you can learn to use it, which I've done to uh, quite quite an accomplishment because the bird lamp feeds back, especially at the volumes I play. Yeah. Are you still using like analog amps with cabinets or are you going like virtual? Well, no, I'm playing through. I got a Fender. T- Boy, what a great question. And here's a great answer to a quick, great question. I have a 1965 Fender Twin Reverb that I just bought from Jimmy McCarty of Mitch Ride and the Detroit Wheels, who recorded Jenny Take a Ride, Devil with the Blue Dress, and Sock It to Me on that app because he's always wow. been my musical hero. I just bought it from him because he was looking to sell it. Um, and I love the man. He's just a, a phenomenal musical force. Jimmy McCarty from Detroit. So I've got those old Fender Twins. And surprisingly, I have this uh, 1960-something custom, K-U-S-T-O-M, that I just discovered from my buddy uh, uh, Calvin Ross at Lone Star Music in Waco here. And it sounds like my wall of fenders, but I think it's, I, what, there's, there's the analog amps and then there's the, what's the other ones? Solid state. Yeah, solid state. See, I don't even know what they are. <laughs> but I think, I think it's Digital. a solid state. But at the right levels, it sounds just like my fenders at full volume without the ear blowing apart decibels. So again, Jeremy, mostly old amplifiers, old Fender Twins throughout the Detroit Muscle album, and again, all the albums. But I'm always, somebody goes, Ted, you got to hear this amp. Well, I'm going to hear it. I'm going to plug in. I'm going to try it. I'm an adventurous son of a bitch. I want to try everything before I die, except things that I've watched kill my friends. I don't want to try that. (laughs) Um, so, so I, am still very adventurous in my music and I think you can hear it from leave the lights on to driving blind to how about, how about feedback grind fire? Who is that teenager? What kind of song is that? Mm. It's a great song. What a, what a great album. And I don't think you're going to get that tone with a Kemper. I'll tell you that. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think so. (laughs) You need the, you need the Birdland just howling back at you with the speakers full notch. I mean, come on. It's so beautiful. I mean, I mean, if I wasn't me, I'd listen to my music all the time. And you asked yeah. Mitch what I listened to, yeah. and I went into a whole uh, outrage, which I'm really good at. Um, I don't listen to much. Mm, okay. In my 
vehicles, I like to hear the horsepower. I like to hear my Hellcat and my, my Red Eyes and my, my Broncos. I like to listen to the engines, but I will slap on the Boneyard, um, the FM satellite type stuff, and I'll, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll hit some of the classic rock stations. And I still listen to that classic rock, but I don't have the apparatus in my vehicles to listen to the old James Brown and Wilson Pickett and Sam and Dave and, and, uh, and Motown stuff. But if I turn on a classic station and I hear that stuff, I turn it up really loud. And I, and I love the way the Stones and the Beatles and the Yardbirds and the Who and the Kinks brought back those black American artists to the forefront. So they did such an incredible job of representing the original rhythm and blues and rock and roll that I still listen to that stuff too. Yeah. But not much. Way- I like silence, and I like I like to yeah. hear malice. Silence is golden. You know who but- else was like that? Apparently, Eddie Van Halen was the same way. He wouldn't listen to anything in the car. He would love to just listen to the sound of the car and the motor and everything. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And by the way, I, I love the fact that uh, in 2020, Alice Cooper put out an album called Detroit Stories, and now Ted, his brethren, in 2022, is putting out Detroit Muscle. It's perfect. Love it, it really is. You know, I mentioned Wayne Kramer of the MC5, and there's so many unbelievable talents. I was just on the phone with Mark Farner of Grand Funk yesterday. Wow. Um, so many explosive, dynamic musical forces came out of Detroit. If you never got to see Dick Wagner and the Frost or the Scott Richardson case or the uh, uh, certainly the MC5, my God, Brownsville yeah. Station, Grand Funk Railroad, uh, Bob Seeger from Bob Seeger and the Herd. We used to play with him back in 63, 64. Um, what a, and nowadays with Kid Rock, and even though I'm not a, a rap fan by any stretch of the imagination, you have to admit Eminem, for being such a goofball, he really has a musicality. Mm-hmm. He has mm-hmm. a musical believability factor. Yeah. And I always, I always genuflect at that altar, regardless of the genre or the lyrical content or the message, um, which many are putrid, uh, but you have to acknowledge the musicality of an artist that projects believability. So Detroit, uh, and you know, while while the West Coast was putting out Quicksilver Messenger Service and and, uh, and uh, Big Brother and the Holding Company and Grateful Dead, I just couldn't stand that music because it wasn't groove-oriented. It, mm. they, they, I don't think they ever had a discussion about playing tight, um, <laughs> even yeah. though they were influenced by the Chuck Berries and Bo Diddley's and Little yeah. Richard. They, they were all on acid, I think, well, and that, yeah. that, that created a looseness and actually a, 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 an undesirable dissonance. I'm a big fan of dissonance when it's used <laughs> properly. Um, like P- Tom Morello's guitar work is very dissonant, but it's very energetic and creative. But it's but also very articulate too. So very, he's very uh, articulate, very uh, uh, focused. But Detroit, I cannot explain in adequate terms, which is really surprising coming from me. The power, mm-hmm. the power of what. The early Bob Seegers and throughout his career. Amboy Dukes. Let's not forget Amboy. Amboy Dukes. I mean, my God, what kind of these? We were teenagers creating this outrageous, tight, adventurous musical power. So Detroit drove you. And you know, I got to give it to you. Mitch Ryder, they were called Billy Lee and the Rivieras when I first opened up for him in 1960 at Walled Lake Casino. Johnny Benagic on drums, unbelievable. Uh, uh, Earl Elliott on bass, unbelievable. Played a Rickenbacker through an Ampeg B-18, B-15. 
Wow. Uh, Jimmy McCarty on a Birdland and a, a Fender Twin, Mitch Ryder, Billy Levice on vocals, and Joe Kubrick on a 335 through a Fender Twin. They set a bar as teenagers of authoritative, powerhouse, ultra-tight music because they played all James Brown. They played all the Motown. They played Little Richard and, Joe, and Chuck Berry. and both. Well, they were it. influenced by real musicians. Yes. And, and remember, what is the work ethic God? James Brown, Wilson Pickett. These mm -hmm. guys were work ethic monsters, and that yeah. created a competition in Detroit where you better play with authority and with energy, and you better have at least four crescendos per song. You better wreck eight tambourines <laughs> yeah. per song, and I want to see your forehead veins popping throughout the concert. And that established an energy level that today I'm the last of them. I'm the only guy that still does that. Yeah. Do you still do you still force your band, you know, through rehearsal even on stage? Like, guys, like, this is we need to play with this power or else you're out. I don't have to say a word to Jason or Greg or no. or to Michael Cardelloni or to or to the damn Yankees. I don't have to say a word. We all come from that musical black authority where you know you the music will only be as impacting as you put your heart and soul into making it tight and groove oriented and then energize with crescendos and nice melodies or not so nice melodies, but also always ends up in a, I call it the forehead vein popping moment. All of my songs have forehead vein popping moments because that's what James Brown did. That's what Mitch yep. Ryder did. That's what, that's what Rob Tyner of the MC5 did. That's what everybody did in Detroit. Meanwhile, those guys on the West Coast were strumming. You can't strum in my band. This isn't folk music. This is real music. So, so that energy, I don't have to say, Greg and Jason, the minute I show them the lick to the song, wham, they yeah. pound the living shit out of it every yeah. night, every time. As you should. Greg Smith is awesome, by the way. He played with Alice Cooper for a while, and he's just Monster. phenomenal. And Jason, the, the, the drummer, how old is Monster. he now? Like, like 24? I mean, he's a, he's a yeah, young he kid. With, yeah, he started with me when he was like 18 or something. Right. Just, I'm so lucky. But again, these guys have all expressed throughout my career, they want to play my songs. They want to play Great White Buffalo. They want to play Stranglehold. Everybody wants to play Wang Dang, Sweet Poon Tang. Well, they're and iconic. I mean, who wouldn't want to play them? Can I just say one thing about uh, Stranglehold? He does a version of Coming of Age with Night Ranger, which right. is, uh, and, and they, they go into this jam with Brad Gillis, and I guess at the time it was uh, Joel Hoekstra, it is so incredibly magical. Mm -hmm. That and and weirdly, it was a bonus track. You can't you can't go out and buy it, which is like oh, but you have yeah. to hear that version. That's, Mitch, that's a perfect example. Of what I'm saying is that every musician I have ever had at my side is a blessing, and I am so humbled and honored that these guys seek me out. I mean, listen to Marco Mendoza on the, I think it was the Craveman record, what he does on the instrumental earth tones. Listen to his bass playing. Listen to Gregor Rama at 15 on Journey to the Center of the Mind. Listen to Dave Palmer and the Amboy Dukes at 15. 
Listen to Johnny Benadric on Jenny Take a Ride by Mitch Ryder. He was 15. When I unleashed the journey of the center of mind musical thing, I didn't know I didn't know why those notes worked. I didn't know what a third or a fifth or a, a seventh. I had no idea. I just knew my ears went, well, that's a good one. Or that's a funny one. Or that's kind of bad. Um, but we were musical adventurers. And think of what we pulled off at those ages. I mean, it, uh, I'm 73 here in two weeks, three wow. weeks. And I, I'm... Sh- uh, I, I am still you know? so blessed to have these talented monstrosities like Greg and Jason at my side. What a what a force to to celebrate every day, huh? It's just yeah. amazing how sometimes you know, like look look at Jeremy over here. He started in radio at fifteen. Yes, I believe. Yeah. Well, when you have a call. We talked about this a moment ago. The yeah. calling. When you know, I people go, well, how can you learn to play guitar like that? Every day, you have to explore the instrument. How can that instrument become an appendage? Not just a physical appendage, but an uncharted, road less traveled, preferably no road ever traveled, weapon, tool, instrument of expression. And, and if you, either, you either live it like a maniac you're just, yeah. It's just not going to happen. It's like archery. I, I imagine it's like golf. My my grandson, Jack, 18, golf champion of Michigan. He's got to hit the right dimple with the right spot of the iron. And with the wind, you know what I mean? There's a, yeah. there's a oneness that when you accomplish that, when you identify, pursue, and accomplish that oneness. I got welders that are like that. Those, those are the yeah. greatest heroes in the world. I got welders that are maniac, mad scientist welders. Their welds are artwork. So mm-hmm. it can come in any endeavor, what you guys do in your media, what you do in oh, your radio. Look, I'll, I'll give you an example. I used to have this program director, French guy from Paris, like proper, proper French guy. And he, he put me into his office one day and was the best advice I ever got from anybody. He said to me, he's like, Jeremy, you need to fuck the audience. You need to, you need to penetrate her with your voice. You need to make her feel something. You need to fuck her good. And I was like, that, I get it. I get it. Yeah. Wow, he must have been a member of the French Revolution because I don't think those guys that give up and throw up the white flag think like that. God bless some good Frenchmen, huh? <laughs> the only one I liked. Jeez. Oh, oh my lord, uh, Ted. Well, always, always a pleasure. And yep. uh, you know, listen, I got to see you in concert in '79, '80, and at at that time with the bow and arrows and the swinging and. And I think I saw you on tour with Deep Purple too, like in two thousand four or something. Just it's just always, it's just always great. It's just yeah. you well, know. thank you for that. And I, you go to my Facebook if you really love the music. Oh, I've been to your Facebook for the campfire chats or whatever they're called. They're how, how, how hysterical am I? How much fun am I? It's um, hilarious. But the unsolicited testimonials, they're very emotional. Um. Very, you can tell there just drips of sincerity that my pursuit of musical oneness, it has penetrated. It has, I hate to use the word fuck, but sexually, sexually invigorated people deep to their soul. Um, 
I'm humbled by that because I just want to play music. I never wanted to be a rock star. I never wanted to be a celebrity. I never wanted to be a, 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 a household name. I just wanted to play music. I want to play killer music. I want to work with this drummer and this guitar player and this, this bass player and this keyboard, Andy Solomon, and Gabe Magno on the, on the uh, uh, Tooth Fang and Claw on the Call of the Wild, and to, and to like milk milk spiritual blood from my musical cohorts and i gotta tell you how how fucking lucky am i at this old age that i was able to get to the duck blind on my own power this morning <laughs> I believe, and that it's it, it, i'm pretty good at expressing my my love of life but to have people witness and thank me for that on a daily basis. It's like, yeah, yeah. my welds are yeah. still holding yeah. up. That and you got to work with Tom Worman, so. Tom Worman, great, great man, a great musical force. Uh, he He's the one who made sure that Ted Nugent sounded like Ted Nugent. And they didn't hire me so they could make me sound different, um, right. which is what a lot of producers do, and it, it, it breaks my heart. And I love uh, um, Def Leppard. Yeah. Hard-working guys, dedicated to their craft. But is 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 their music? Uh, I, I love them. I I hope they, they all have a billion dollars in the bank and that they're the happiest people in the world. And I'm just using them as an example. What Mutt Lang and and uh, I think Bob Rock did some of their stuff. I have a funny feeling that some of these super duper producers uh, are going to come in with a musical identity band and start softening them for hits. Mm -hmm. And that that's, I, you know, and I want people to have hits. Bon Jovi's the master of that. That's all he wants is hits. I don't know mm -hmm. if he's ever expressed an honest opinion in the music. And I, again, I love John. I hope he's happy. I, I love him. I love his work ethic. I, he, there's many things to love about these guys, like a Bruce Springsteen. I love Bruce, I even though he's a dirtbag, and I'm happy that he's successful. <laughs> the man is a great musical force, but I really question the purity, honesty, and believability of a lot of these hit makers. Yep. Um, one thing about my music and ZZ Top's music, and I think ACDC's music, um, uh, Van Halen's music, um, that, that's who they were. They right. wanted to say that. They wanted to sound like that. They wanted that chord change. They wanted that moment. And they expressed it, and their producers went, all right, we're going to produce Van Halen. Keep them fucking Van Halen. Yeah. Don't de Van Halen, Van Halen. And I think there's some artists out there that are less than authentic. And mm -hmm. again, you have the right to be less than authentic. And if you just want to create widgets that people will buy because they want your pretty turquoise widget, that's legitimate. That's consumerism. That's um, capitalism. But when it comes to music, I'd rather listen to a down and dirty, rag nasty fucking flamethrower that maybe the song Lemmy 
didn't become a giant hit, but boy, it's believable. Yeah. Huh? That. Yeah, Wang Dang, you. sweet poontang. You so you're telling me you're not going to be you're not going to be covering pour some sugar on me anytime soon, is what you're saying? That's a perfect example. What a piece of shit that is. <laughs> I love it. I... Mitch, if we ever go to Ted's concert, we're going to have to do pour some sugar on me. We'll get up on stage. You know, that's <laughs> like that's like I don't know. Uh, uh, yummy, yummy, yummy. I got love in my tummy. That's about as bubblegum bullshit fucking posing music as I've ever heard. And remember, Def Leppard's first three American tours opened up for me, and they played the real McCoy. They're real honest-to-God rockers. But somebody said, we need to have a song called Pour Some Sugar on Me with this really sappy bubblegum fucking uh, cartoon melody. I hate that shit. <laughs> Oh, I feel oh. personally attacked because it's one of my favorites ever. <laughs> I know. We're, Def Leppard is our like our favorite band. No, okay. they're not. No, they're not. I'm texting with it. Phil Collin right now. I'm like, Ted Nugent thinks you suck. <laughs> and no, I will say this, suck. just to bring they it back to suck. Nickelback, Nickelback doesn't suck either. They're, they're no, genuine Nickelback. Canadians. I believe Nickelback. I believe Rush. I believe... Uh, triumph. I believe Billy Gibbons. I I believe the Stones. I believe the Kinks. I believe James Brown. I believe Bob Seger. I believe Kid Rock. I believe music. It, you can tell there's a believability where they're not worrying about offending somebody that might not <laughs> like this song. They believe it, so they're going to deliver it. If you don't like it, bend over, motherfucker, because yeah. it comes in suppository form, and I got a crowbar <laughs> that I can yeah. introduce it to your pancreas. Come on, let's go. Love it like a bomb, baby. Come on, get it on. Come on, Chaz, get into it. <laughs> get that guitar going. Take it's the greatest. Body. You know what? <laughs> I heard that song in its definitive environment. It was at a Ferris wheel for a bunch <laughs> of children at a county fair. Perfect song for children under the age of eight and a oh. Ferris wheel on a county fire. County oh, it's such a classic, <laughs> though. How do listen? It's right up there with Cat Scratch Fever. As all no, Cat Scratch Fever is a middle finger. That other thing, some kind of I don't know what it is, some kind of pantyhose. Oh, my lord, <laughs> pantyhose. There you go. That's we... a good way to describe <laughs> pantyhose rock. I like garter belts. Hey, you just invented the new genre, pantyhose rock. I like that. That, that works for me, by the way. Well, I, I actually, I, I, I create pantyhose rock, but my pantyhose are made out of Kevlar, and you wrap it around your fucking head. <laughs> oh, Detroit oh Muscle. Well, the Troy Muscle, available April 29, 2022. You can pre-order it now wherever you get your music. Doing the CD, doing the vinyl, doing the stream, doing everything. Yep. Get your Uncle Ted wherever you want. Uh, pre-order it now. This was awesome. Always a great pleasure to chat with Absolute Legend. Look at this guy. Look at him right there. Yeah. My well, God. Thanks. That's a man's man, Ted. Mitch, that's a man's and, man right and, there. Thank, thank you, because I know that uh, you guys come with no inhibitions. And I think to have a genuine uh, dialogue, especially interviewing about a person's craft and their art or their, their pursuit of life, liberty, and happiness, that you can't have any... Uh, uh, Pre, uh, well, we come with no agenda. No agenda. I we just want to bullshit and share ideas. That's why the American Campfire song on the new record is so powerful. Because my life, literally, um, pays homage to thousands of campfires 
where shit kickers gather around, literally around a campfire every weekend since September, October, now next weekend. People from every imaginable walk of life come to hunt with me. We donate hunts with Ted Nugent to charities. One guy paid $81,000 for a Ted Nugent autographed gun guitar just to have a day of hunting pheasants with me. The point being is that these people come to my campfire and have no baggage, no agenda, no inhibitions, no preconceptions of what is going to happen. It is an unleashing of total unfiltered honesty. So when I express beliefs and observations and the evidence to support those beliefs and observations, it comes from a lifetime of that omniscient pursuit of situational awareness to listen to people. I, I know I, I overwhelm with my answers. My answers are a thousand to one with the questions because I really have a lot to say and we only meet once a year. But they're articulate and in-depth. But in-depth, yes. And, and they're they're believable because you know I, I'm not, I don't have to candy cone it for, for anybody. But neither do the people at my campfires. So I feed on them. I listen yeah. to their observation from Des Moines. I listen to their observation from Montreal. I listen to their life from uh, uh, from uh, Chicago. I listen to the guy's life from uh, Minneapolis. I listen, I, and, I, and I'm going, well, I wasn't there, but he was, and this is what he witnessed. Now I'm as good as having witnessed it. Right. Because this guy expressed it, and he could give a shit who he up- upsets or offends. Yeah. He's going to tell me what he witnessed, what he believes, yeah. what he saw. And you were talking a lifetime of this. I started doing this back when I was a teenager, not very extensively back then. But by the time I was in my 20s, I started having multiple, multiple campfires around the country every year. And people get together and I use the word shit kicker. We're shit kickers. We don't really give a rat's ass what you think. This is what I believe. And this is why I believe it. This is the evidence that I've lived that supports this belief. And here's the results of my belief. And it benefits people. It's good. So so I am not expressing Ted Nugent hunches. I don't have any hunches at this point. I have experience, evidence, observation, truth, logic, and common sense. And I think that's why I'm so much damn fun. Yeah. And, you know, I think at the end of the day, in this day and age, especially with social media, I think people will let the things that we don't have in common get in the way of the things we do have in common. And it prevents genuine conversations so much. I'm looking forward to two weeks of being hated on the Internet because of this interview. (laughs) Yeah, just by a couple of goofballs. Most people like an open dialogue and like diverse opinions. Most people really respect that. You know that, Mitch. But go ahead. I know you take it. And uh, consider it a badge of honor when people attack you for being honest, pursuing diverse opinions and ideas. That person is a bad person. I still believe in the old school, you have to have an open conversation. Period. End of story. There's nothing wrong with that. We don't have to agree on everything. We we don't. Name, Name something in society that I would ban someone from doing if you if you want to tattoo your body what do i give a shit if you want to smoke dope just don't get in the car on the same road with me um if you don't want to own a gun by all means don't own one if you don't want to eat venison if you want to eat tofu i could give a shit i don't care what color you know what i'm saying so my point is that the people that have a problem with me they would like to end me they would like to end the things i believe in 
I don't want to end anything they believe in. I could give a shit. Well, what I don't like yeah. is that they invite their point of view onto me. And they go, yes. you can't talk to Ted because <laughs> I believe Ted sucks. And it's like, well, well that's that, good. <laughs> that's proof that they're dirt bags. That's proof, right? It's, that's all the proof you need, which means you're good, they're bad. Yes, yeah. and, uh, uh, and uh, I'll, I'll end on this. Uh, Cat Scratch Fever was the first Ted Nugent album I owned. And it was just Killer. fucking brilliant. It was just, Killer. it was, I heard that and, it, you know, slotted in with Aerosmith Live Bootleg and Kiss Alive too, and whatever else was coming out at that time. And you were just like, <sighs> fresh air. Well, I mean, stop and fresh think air. of it. I mean, just. Working hard, playing hard. There you go. Whew. As it should be. What, Thank what, you. I'm so proud of my music and so honored and humbled and proud of the musicians I've been surrounded by. And I'm not even warmed up yet, guys, man. I plan on at least 30 more opening days of deer season. Um, <laughs> I have unlimited musical ideas. Uh, Jason's young enough to survive with me, um, and and they're so dedicated. So I'm I'm a happy, happy motherfucker. So proud of Detroit Muscle. It's the right title for the white record. Um, it's really diverse, and again, the authority that Greg and Jason bring to it, and the musical overview that Michael Lutz and Andy and Tim bring to it. I mean, what mm, what, what a musical of... orgy we had. It was yeah. just, I mean, listen to the vocal on. Feedback Grindfire. You tell me that's not a horny teenager surrounded by naked cheerleaders. I came in with a mug of, I came in with this mug at 11 a.m. into my barn. And I said, let's do Feedback Grindfire. And they go, well, what's the arrangement? Start the song. Tell me what you want. Tell me what you need. Tell me all your wildest dreams. Give me something. I sang it. The whole fucking song. Take one. Wow. At 11 a.m., drinking coffee at the microphone. That's the way to wow. do it. It because and I I had, I didn't even have lyrics. I had no I had no lyric sheet. How many guitar layers on that song? Just 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 asking. Well, the you. feedback the feedback <laughs> is two birdlands, you know, having uh, animal sex mostly from the rear, um, and then and then the uh, rhythm guitar is one birdland. Um, and then just Greg's bass and, uh, and and Jason's unbelievable drums. But the lyrics, tell me what you want. Tell me what you need. Tell me all your wildest dreams. Give me some feedback grind. I mean, the title feedback grind fighter. What is it? What is that title? Feedback grind fire. Give me some feedback grind fire. Fire. Tell me what it, all of this means. Did it feel good? Did it feel right? Did I set your soul on fire? Did you fall in love? Did you live your dreams? Give me some feedback, Grindfire. That's, may I say, that's profound? Yes. That is yeah. a human, that's a human who cares. Tell me what you want. Tell me what you need. Tell me all your wild, it was a love song to my wife, Shemaine, and everybody. 
Did it feel good? Did it feel right? Did I set your soul on fire? Did you fall in love? Did you live your dreams? Give me some feedback. Grind fire. Come on. Yeah. yeah what the fuck? And by the yeah. way, Def Leppard recorded Pour Some Sugar on Me in two weeks. So uh... I know, but you can tell. <laughs> and then it nine months to mix the record, so you know. Uh, could you play that rhythm part again? I think I heard a scratch. The scratch <laughs> is good. My albums are full of scratches. I love that stuff. Oh, my Lord. The Troy Muscle. That. Go pre-order this now. April, what is it? 29th, 2022. Yeah. Isn't that a shame? And not till April, but I think, uh, Come and Take It, just a beautiful love song. I know my Canadian friends love it. Um, that's out now. And yep. I think we're going to uh, unleash uh, American Campfire. And then I hope either Driving Blind or I was I Born in the Motor City. How about um, Born in the Motor City? Yeah. There's no music like that anymore. Nope. No. And that was take one. We just played. You see, and, and that's what I like. You go back to the early Sabbath and the early Ledza. They had albums done in like nine hours. Now yes. everything is now everything is nine months. And it's just like, the oh, first for police album. The first police album, one fucking day. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why they sound good. And my, my, uh, my buddy, Alan Niven, who used to manage Guns N' Roses, said all the time, there is a perfection in the imperfection yes and that's raw primal, yes. Uh, yes. Uh, savage authentic spontaneous but you can only do that if you are the samurai of your instrument yes like greg and jason and all those best bands yeah greg we got to get greg on here by the way Let, let's set that up yeah do do an interview with jason and greg these guys are animals and michael lutz what a great chunk of history smoking the boys room brownsville station that whole michigan middle finger on fire yeah, yeah and tim and andy i mean just I, I think i rave about my music and my playing and my songs and i i rave about well that's egotistical fuck you i'm proud of this shit man i wonder why i should say gosh it's not really that good it is it's that good it's Listen, not you're really... not your biggest fan what's the point i'm my biggest fan i love my music more than all of you combined but the point is, what an interesting perspective from a guy in the control room watching this animal unleashing that vocal on feedback grind fire at 11 in the morning, the first thing that happened that day. I did my chores. I, I think I shoveled some dog kennel poop, and I, I, I gave my biscuits to Happy Sadie and Coco. I probably shot my bow a couple times before I walked into the barn. But I was still kind of early morning groggy. Because we were up late, late testing mics and stuff. But to, to get a perspective of a guy, this old guy, this, this goofball right-wing hardcore killing machine comes in with a mug of coffee and starts screaming this vocal. I'd, I'd like to hear their, their take on that because it's, it's very exciting. It's very exciting. It was very exciting for me. I can imagine what it was like watching it. I can imagine yeah. the B-roll of that being played on CNN, the headline. No, but, but, but you definitely need, the next time you record an album, it, to get a video camera in there and throw up a couple of in the recording process because it, it's yeah. got to be fascinating. I feel so, see, we, we are so horny to start playing that I know I should have set up cameras. I know it should have been documented. 
but we can't wait to start playing. Right. So we plug in, I start testing the amp, and we start jamming. And I go, record this, we're ready right now. Well, we're not ready in here. Well, get ready, because we're ready. It's really, it's really intense. It's like starting the interviews. You gotta have the yes! <laughs> record button for, right from the get go. Anyway, listen, we were supposed to do half an hour. We're at an hour and twenty minutes. Always, no. always a pleasure. Uh, album's out in uh, April. Maybe we can talk again in April just to give it an extra little push in the behind. Get yep. Greg on here. Get Michael. Get them all. Because, well, I got to yeah. tell you guys, I love my Canadian friends up there. I love you guys. Thank you for caring about my music and pursuing yeah. Uncle Ted's truth, logic, common sense, and middle fingers on fire. But I want to tell you up in Canada how much I love you. I had a bumper crop of fuck yous this year. So if you run short, I can airlift them in by the pallet. <laughs> Unlimited fuck yous. I have so many fuck yous this year that I'm distributing them at no charge because Free. the world needs more fuck yous right now and no duty and tax if you ship it to the reservation we're good <laughs> so if anybody if anybody comes towards me with a needle i'm cutting you in fucking half oh, there you go it's the greatest and there uh, you go and and yeah and and i just gotta say uh i just don't like that people tell me who i should and shouldn't talk to i'm glad we 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 spoke again and i will do another one and another one and another one yep. because i love the music i'm here about the music Everything else is not my purview. Yeah. Amen. God bless you, Mitch. God bless you, Jeremy. Give all the wild Indians my very best up there. Tell them to eat many moose backstraps because I'm going to. Absolutely. <laughs> my uncle, my cousin Cody just called one yesterday. So there you yeah. go. Did he? Yeah, he did. Well, God bless my Canadian blood brothers up there. Stand your ground. Live it up. And thank you for uh, appreciating what Jason and Greg and uh, my team does. We love our music and we love that you love our music. Thank you, sir. All right. Have a good awesome. day. See you oh, later. God. Adios. Let's see. I get out of here by going like this. Yep. Adios.